Blog Talk Radio. Since I came around Been a long time But I'm back in town This time I'm not Leaving without you She said it tastes like whiskey When you kiss me Oh, I'd do anything To be your baby doll This time I'm not Leaving without you
and it's to take back the power of you. I got onto Twitter, and I sent out just that thought, and it got retweet, 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 retweet. You know how it goes. But to take back the power of you, what does that mean, to be able to take yourself back? As I meditated and as I thought on the message that I wanted to let you know and to convey to the world, as I thought about taking back the power of you, I thought about everything that I've been through, and especially lately. I recently lost my mother to cancer. There are some things that go on in our lives like that, and they're tragedies. And oftentimes we give ourselves to other people to help them through tragedy when in fact we are wishing that someone would ask us, are you okay? But yet we are asking the other person, are you okay? And that's great because that makes you a wonderful human being. But do you still own you? Do you still have your own power? Or is someone controlling you? Now, almost all of you, I'm sure, have had to contend with these controlling figures. And these are the people who insist on having their way in all interactions with you. They wish to set the agenda and decide what is you. What is you? It's not even correct grammar. And I say that on purpose. What is you? Sometimes when you put three or four words together, you can meditate on it and think it better. What is you? And when will you do? In other words, when will you do it? When will you take back the power of you? Now, you know these controlling people in your life. You know the people that you feel you have to bow down to. When you have your own feelings to deal with, you know who they are. And they have a driving need to run the shows and call all the shots. They're lurking within the fabric of the conversation of anything is the clear threat that if you do not accept and bow down to their needs and demands, that they will be unhappy. But by taking back the power of you, you are realizing that that other person is the one that is suffering and not placing it upon you. You feel sympathy for them, but you feel for yourself an internal love. You feel for yourself a love like you can't love anyone else, more so than your spouse, more so than your mate. Your mate, your spouse, your partner all come secondary. We're taking back the power of you. We're not being controlled by anyone or anything. And of course, as far as you go, it's natural to want to be in control of everything in your life. But when you have to be in control of the people around you as well, is when you literally can't rest until you get away. And that is what I would say, and most doctors would say, is a personality disorder. Plain and simple. There are certain psychological dynamics of people like that that won't let you take back your power. And their need is to control, 
control, control. And it's almost always fueled by their own anxiety. Though control, freaks some seldom recognize their fears. Control freaks seldom recognize their fears. Remember that as you take back the power of you. When these people are at work, they may worry about failure. And in your relationships, they may worry about not having their needs met. To keep this anxiety from overwhelming them, they begin to control you and take back the power of you. It's an endless cycle if you let it be that way. In my personal life, I am learning my boundaries. In order to love yourself, you have to know your boundaries. You also have to know the boundaries of others so that you can meet right in that boundary. Like the boundary of California and Arizona. Think of it that way. A straight line in between the two. We can't get ourselves back. We cannot take back the power unless we let the people stop controlling us. And they need to take this this urge to control to these new heights. It's causing others so many people so much stress that they can maintain no sense of order. Those type of people are the ones riddled with anxiety, fear, insecurity, and anger. Those people. They're very critical of themselves, their lover, and their friends. But underneath that perfect outfit and a great body is a mountain of unhappiness. What makes control freaks tick? What makes these controllers tick so that you can't take back the power of you? It's what makes them tick that makes you want to explode. And some ways to deal with them is what you need to think about. As you are considering taking back your life, doing what you want to do, being where you are geographically, following your dreams, your dream job or your non-job, living on Bureau of Land Management land in a tent, you are going to start taking back the power of you. We can't let controllers control us anymore. I've been through this battle so many times, and like I said, only recently did I discover the true meaning of taking back the power of you. The bottom line with people like that is that in the process of being controlling, their actions are saying, you're incompetent and I can't trust you. And this is why you hate them. Not hate them as an individual, but you hate the behavior. You hate hearing, I can't trust you. You chose it the way you live. You're incompetent. This is why there is friction unless you maintain the power of you. But you have to remember that, unfortunately, that person that's controlling you, that control freak, that wheel, that cog in the wheel, They have a lot at stake in prevailing. While trying to hold a conversation and engage them in some way, their emotional stakes involve their own identity and own sense of well-being. Forgetting about you, forgetting about your power, forgetting about the human that you are, the artist that you are, forgetting about that powerful glow that you are, they want to prevail. 
because being in control gives them this temporary illusion and a sense of calmness. And when they feel they're prevailing, you can just about sense the tension oozing subtle threat of loss. Since the emotional stakes are so high for these people, they need to assert themselves with you to not feel so helpless. But to relinquish control is tantamount to being victimized and overwhelmed. When a control freak cannot control, they go through a series of rapid phases. They become agitated with you. They become threatening. They lapse into their own depression and despair. We can kind of cure and prevent this cycle by maintaining our own power, maintaining who we are and never letting go of that. That way it's like the opposite sides of magnets that cannot stick together but are still close. We can't let people control us anymore. Too much of society is telling us, even with the voting process, is telling us, vote for this candidate on this ticket. If you don't, you're scum, and I'm not voting for your candidate. We cannot act like that anymore. There has to be a common ground and a coming together so that when we hear this thing about revolution, the revolution is going to be within you, which is going to rise up through the nation, through the land. You are the revolution of power with your thinking and your ability to change thoughts and change things for the better when you take back the power of you. We don't want their strategy to induce such a fear in us that we don't want to say things, that we don't want to post things on social media, that we don't want to say certain things on the phone. We don't want that to happen. There's several types of controlling people, but the one that really annoys me the most is what I'm going to call the type two. And the type two controller is also trying to manage their anxiety, but they're very aware of you as opposed to a type one controller. And a type one controller is strictly attempting to cope with their own anxiety in a self-absorbed way, okay? So the type 2 needs to diminish you to feel better. They have to cut you down and make you feel like a piece of crap to make you feel better because their mood rises as they push you down. They do not just want to prevail with you. They also need to believe that they have defeated you. They need and want you to feel helpless so that they will not feel helpless. Their belief is that someone must feel helpless in any interchange, and they desperately do not want it to be them. But the type one that I spoke of needs control. The type two needs to control you. So as we take back the power of us, very simple, take back the power of you. As we take back the power of us, the power of you, we've got some strategies here that I've mapped out. Here's some things that are working for me as I am going through this. I suggest that you stay as calm as you can because these controllers, these bloodsuckers, they tend to generate a lot of tension in those around them. Try to maintain a comfortable distance so that you can remain centered while you speak with them. Try to focus on your breathing. 
as they may get more agitated and demanding, just breathe slowly and deeply. And if you stay calm and focused, this is often the effect of relaxing them as well. If you do get agitated, you have joined the battle on their terms. I also suggest that you speak very slowly. Again, the normal tendency is to gear up and speak rapidly when dealing with someone that is a blood sucker, a soul sucker. This will only draw you into the emotional turmoil and you will quickly be personalizing what is occurring. So be very patient. These people that don't allow you to have your own power, they feel like they need to feel heard. And in fact, they don't have much to say. They have a lot to say if you engage them in a power struggle back and forth like a Frisbee, throwing out the Frisbee and it's coming back to you. They have a lot to gain if you engage in that bouncing. They may not have much to say, which agitates you. You agitate them back and forth, losing the power of you. So just listen carefully and ask good questions that indicate that you've heard them. Then they will quickly resolve whatever the issue is and calmly move on. And pay attention to your induced reactions. What is this soul sucker trying to emotionally induce in you? Notice how you feel when you speak with them. It will give you important clues as to how to deal with them more effectively and appropriately. When I am dealing with people, and I rarely speak to people on the phone, I have my little set of a few people that I speak to, but when I am calling someone or talking about an interview or, um, you know, having a bill collector call like they used to, I get this anxiety. Even when I come on the radio, and I've done it a million times, I get this anxiety so I do what works best for me. And this relates to the people that we're dealing with, the soul suckers. I do what works for me. I smoke a little pot. And then once I get on the show and I've had my pot, I start to slow down and calm down. But I do that in life. This is where the young hippies and the old hippies, look at my past shows about young hippies and old hippies. This is where we're going to learn that medical marijuana will cure the world and hemp will build it. Hemp will build the world. And I will be doing a show about that. As I stray off my thoughts, think of yourself straying off your own thoughts. What I just did is a very effective way of dealing with a very negative thought to stray away to something that makes you happier. So you're paying attention to those induced reactions. And you can take these soul suckers and you can let them control the agenda. But what you do is you control the pacing. If you stay calm and you speak slowly, you'll be in command and that is the command of pacing the conversation. Treat them with kindness is another thing that I've learned. Within most of these soul suckers, 
takes a really good measure of paranoia. They're ready to get angry and defend against what they perceive as controlling hostile world. If you treat them with respect and kindness, their paranoia cannot take root in you. It cannot take root in them. You will literally jam them up. Make demands on them. Make demands on the soul suckers. That's what I have just recently learned is in order for something to happen for a chain reaction, for instance, let's say you are messaging someone or texting someone and they don't get back. But yet when you do send them something constantly, then they tell you that you never call, you don't communicate. That's a soul sucker. You're thinking of them. You're doing things, but they're sucking away part of your soul. The soul suckers, as I coined on this show, are not going to take control of us hashtag meditative state people, us hashtag church of all gods people. They cannot take control of the marijuanic mind. The marijuanic mind. That allows you to sit and meditate to take back the power of you. So you're going to make demands on them. And this is especially when you're dealing with the worst type of soul sucker. You're going to ask them to send you something or do something for you, like the texting I was talking about, or perhaps maybe you need a loan for something, a small loan. By asking something of them, you will be indicating that you are not intimidated or diminished by their behavior patterns. At all. Remember an old poignant maxim. This is a quote. Those who demand the most often give the least. One more time. Write this down. Those who demand the most often give the least. You've heard me talk about on shows about how you can be very poor and the poor person will give away their last can of food to help another poor person, but the ultra-wealthy 1% will not help anybody on the street. The average middle-class person will not help anybody on the street. It's insanity. Because those who demand the most often give the least. And soul-suckers that won't let us take back our own soul power are the ones that are demanding the most, and they're giving us nothing. But keep in mind that these people are not necessarily trying to hurt you. They're trying to protect themselves. It's very selfish. Remind yourself that their behavior towards you isn't personal, that the compulsion was there before you were born, before they met you, and it will be there forever unless they get help. Unless they find the meditative state and the Buddha. Unless they find religion. Understand that they are skilled manipulators, artful and intimidating, rehearsed debaters, and excellent at distorting reality. In order to not feel degraded, humiliated, and have your sense of self and self-worth assaulted, you need to avoid being bulldozed by a controlling lover, boss, family member, or friend. Because when you are caught up in a truly destructive and controlling attachment, the best response may be to walk out and walk on. 
You have to understand that whatever you do will have a limited effect. These people are angry and afraid to let go of you. That is why it is your job to let go of them, protecting yourself in the process and growing like a tree. Go forth now and plant your tree and take back the power of you. From Tucson, Arizona, you have been listening to The Joshua Paul Show, and I give to you once again this really awesome acoustic cover version of a Lady Gaga song called You and I, and this is by my good friend Josh Royce. Enjoy. Since I came around Been a long time But I'm back in town This time I'm not leaving Without you She said it tastes like Whiskey when you kiss me Oh I'll do anything To be your baby doll This time I'm not leaving Without you Came around, been a long time, but I'm back in town. 